Hi, this is Jerry Kandra. I'm a latex cosplayer from Seattle, Washington, and this is Northwest Nerd. Bringing you news, entertainment, and the stories that make us nerds. Welcome to Northwest Nerd. Hey there, everybody. I'm pop culture journalist Dyer Oxley, and this is an episode for the senses, uh, the taste, the smells. Of it. That sounds weird when I say it, actually, when I when I read it off the screen here, but it is about the taste and the smells of all of our favorite fandoms and their characters. Do with that what you will. What is your favorite movie smell like? Or like your favorite member of the X-Men, stuff like that. We're going to get into that with a brand new crafter entering the economy here in the Northwest. And we're also going to revisit our favorite tea blender, Friday Elliot, with Friday afternoon tea. There's going to be a sort of a special announcement slash kind of humble brag about that whole thing. The reason I'm, I'm revisiting Friday here. But to help me talk through all of this in this episode is a familiar voice to Northwest Nerd, one of my favorite voices, Egypt from the Comic Dads. Hello, Egypt. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. Thank you for having me on the show. Um, Northwest Nerd is always one of my favorite, favorite podcasts. Um, I always have a lot of fun being here. Thank you for having us again. It's a good thing this is audio because I'm blushing. Uh, We have cornered and trapped and not given her any other choice but to be on this (laughs) podcast. Uh, We're bringing in another voice with us randomly here, uh, Vanessa. Nessa, uh, Egypt's wife here. Welcome to the podcast for the very first time. AKA the comic mom. The comic mom. I'm very excited. Thank you so much. It's kind of interesting because Egypt, you also kind of bring Nessa in on your streams from time to time as well, right? I absolutely make it a point to do that. Okay, like, so this I is not really an want... unheard of thing that we're doing right now. No, okay. she's very used to this at this point where she does not want to do any of this. You, <laughs> I, I try and jump in and support wherever I can, especially like when it comes to you or SummerCon or, you know, I try and pop in and... I make her do it at uncomfortable times on purpose. Okay. So, like, she'll be, like, getting ready for bed and I'll be like, hey, the fans are, like, I'll be live streaming and literally I'll have my chat being like, where's Comic Mom? Where's Comic Mom? Where's Comic Mom? So, I'll be out of the and, screen, like, like, taking my makeup she's off. Like, she's <laughs> like, no, I don't want to come in there. And I'm like, babe, the chat's asking for you. <laughs> and she comes in and she's pissed. She's like, I hope you die. I hope you die. That has never like, been a thing that I said uh, being recorded. <laughs> no, I, mean, I mean, my video game. Emphasis my on video being game recorded there. Not my real character. <laughs> So, like I said earlier, this uh, is an episode for the senses. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick it off with this. Uh, sort of includes a special announcement of sorts. I, uh, I'm i getting uncomfortable. I don't know how to exactly even talk about this. I, 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 I don't even know how to humble brag, if that makes sense. You should, you should I, just full send. Don't, no, no full send. Because you deserve it. You've worked you hard enough. You deserve all of it. Okay. Yeah, full send. I'm you, gonna, got, you got both the Archies. You got it. both the Archies on your back. Uh, did this profile on Friday Elliot with Friday Afternoon Tea. It involved how uh, Friday has this unique form of synesthesia. Uh, synesthesia is essentially kind of like this cross-wiring of the senses in the brain. Uh, a lot of musicians will describe how they hear colors, if that makes sense. In Friday's case, her synesthesia is very unique, and she tastes the books and the movies and the bands that she is experiencing. So she tastes pop culture, essentially. That feature that I did for Northwest Nerd, I wrote up a special version of that for KUOW in Seattle, and it was submitted for an award with the Society of Professional Journalists. It just came in at first place for the arts and culture reporting category. So I thought that this would be a good episode to kind of repeat what really nice thing that Friday Elliot said that kind of described how she puts together her flavor profiles. I had her listen to Northwest Nerd and describe how exactly Northwest Nerd the podcast tastes, and that kind of boiled down to my own personal flavor profile, because that's a lot of the reporting that I do. So I did listen to several of the podcast episodes and what I typically do when there's a collection of material is rather than um, 
focusing my attention on individual flavors of different uh, subject material, like, you know, themes, um, which I like I could have gone episode by episode and said this concept, the the subject covered and the discussion that occurred tasted like this. Um, I chose instead to kind of look at the podcast as a whole, really uh, fixated on you and the way you speak to people. You're speaking voice and uh, kind of the the timbre and flow um, intonation, things like that. So you yourself have a specific energy. The podcast concept and your speaking voice's place in it really um, tastes dry with undernotes of buttery, right? So you do have you do have a very smooth speaking voice, and the way that you talk to people is warm and professional at the same time, which is very difficult to balance, and so pretty um, unusual to hear kind of in your specific way that you talk to people in this context, talking about nerdy things, talking about culture, and and you do such a variety of things, and you always speak to people in this way that is both dry and smooth at the same time, and very warm and very professional. Um, so it's a cool balance point. So taking dry flavors, um, what those present to me a lot is uh, more on the savory side. So what I do is I kind of narrow down like a flavor wheel in my mind. So I can say this concept tastes dry. And by dry, I mean savory. And by savory, I mean spices and roots. And then from there can really break it down. So I would put you in the family of like black pepper and something along the lines of a chicory root that might not be exactly specifically it. It may be the closest that I could really get. Um, but one of those, one of those like drier roots that has a little bit of a bite to it. Then on a more like buttery note, I'd start to look at either, um, like I think Tunisian olive leaf is the ingredient that most obviously presented itself to me here. It's going to be a really weird thing to say. Tunisian olive leaf has a color and a, a visual physical texture that tastes like the ideas that you tend to pursue. <laughs> there were a lot of steps there and, and that's I feel like that's a confusing way of phrasing that. It's it's hard to um, to tr run through the translation circuit sometimes. Um, but the Tunisian olive leaf is, it tastes so much like plant, but in a really buttery way that is still also green. It kind of is where like um, delicate Chinese green teas meet really, really high-end olive oil that you would just eat dipped with like good bread in it. And so I think there is a lot of that like smooth and warm, but also like very, very clean and very professional kind of all comes together there. Um, so in terms of balance, I think I'd have to use um, I'd have to use kind of an intermediary note to tie those concepts together. I really like the idea of like a white tea, just like a classic by Mudan. It's nothing fancy, but it's very accessible and it has um, it has both vegetal and very like um, like sunny notes going on it's almost like um you can find notes of like sauteed zucchini with almost too much butter <laughs> so you get those those gardening things that really work well with the dry and kind of can take some of that rooty um and spicy weight while still supplementing and and connecting all of the uh the buttery and the very green notes so you know if i were to make a tea about your podcast it would be a classic Chinese white peony tea with a Tunisian olive leaf and a chicory root, maybe a pop of peppercorn or crushed red chili pepper. Um, somebody taking your podcast and somebody with this special ability to synthesize a flavor or a taste or color of your podcast does that make you kind of feel vulnerable in a weird way? <laughs> like, I know that's a that's a weird yeah. twist. Like, I so, know I could have gone a lot of different ways with this question, but like, do you feel weird? Yes, about I do. Somebody dissecting do. you that way. It's so. When I interviewed her, I went over to her shop in Wallingford in Seattle, and we're in like a back room where she stores a lot of stuff, and I'm just trying to you know kind of get her personal story but i did kind of give her like this homework because I, I wanted to see how she did it and i thought this would be a fun way to do it um and she's describing like okay well this is how northwest nerd tastes and and but that's actually kind of like you and all that and i don't know i'm a person that says like if someone tells me I, I look good today or that was that's really nice of you or whatever i immediately run away 
because I don't know how to be there in that moment. I and don't know how to. I didn't have a choice. Accepting positive feedback right. is not something I'm used to. I I'm actually better equipped to get um aggressive. You suck at this <laughs> comments. And when somebody's like, "I really like your hair today," you're like, "Uh." you're making fun of me. I showered today. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, I showered. Yeah, I yeah. I washed my hair, thanks. Well, yeah, it's gotten weird something. during the pandemic too because I'll I'll walk out of of like the bedroom and Nina will be looking at me and be like, "You look so nice." Like, "Why are you so nice?" And I'm like, "Nina, I'm wearing pants." <laughs> this is an actual moment. I said, "Nina, I'm wearing I'm, I'm wearing, wearing pants." Yeah. And she goes, "And a shirt." <laughs> Sometimes it's a small accomplishment. Exactly. That's the level we're at. It's a married life. I'm so glad to have my wife here. Like this is the comic mom. I'm in case you guys missed this, I'm I'm Egypt from the Comic Dads and this is the comic mom. This is Nessa. She monitors all of the comic dads and um all of the comic children. It's funny because I've had Nessa do so much work for me that it's like under the table that nobody really knows. <laughs> like as far as the comic dad stuff, like uh you've been to all of our 44 parties. I've thrown all the 40th parties. Oh ne- no, you no, yeah. Yeah. So Nessa's right. Nessa's been the the wrangler of celebrities. I've watched her yell at two different red power rangers <laughs> and tell them to get into place <laughs> where they're at my party. Like they you got need that. So you, kn- you need that. She's like, what the hell are you guys doing? And they both are like, <laughs> like you're not and where you need to be right now. You yeah. need that. Two minutes. And that's perfect. So my wife is my wrangler. Like I can, can I, I've done this before at comic cons. And so people are like, how are you going to get, um, you know, coming up June 18th, 19th, 20th here at SummerCon? people are like, uh, are you going to get, are you going to get, um, celebrities? Or, or how are you going to get them? Are you sure you're going to get them? I was like, oh, I'm going to get them. They're like, how do you know that? I was like, I have Nessa and Andrew. So you guys are bringing up SummerCon right now. Uh, I, I was going to wait till a little. Let's give a little Sorry. bit of a hint here. We're going to have a bit of announcement later on, but let's give a little taste. SummerCon is coming up. Egypt, do you want to yes. give a little bit of a preview of what we've got cooking? Oof. Dude, we got a lot cooking right now. So June 18th, 19th, and 20th, we're going to be live downtown Puyallup, Washington at the Puyallup Fairgrounds. We're going to be kicking it with like some of the coolest celebrities. We're going to be hanging out with artists, vendors. We're going to be doing the full show. Like you want to get started with Comic-Con again. You want to get back and out of your house. This is the perfect time excuse my language but i am hyped that's how hyped i am it's okay i have an edit button and when you say (laughs) that we are going to be doing all of this essentially what's happening is egypt and amelia who folks might know from renton city retro has thrown together a streaming team i'm a little bit of the odd man out because i'm a podcaster and nobody wants to huge part of this but i am the only podcaster there so i feel a little bit like the 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 ugly duckling so the point being we're gonna have a lot of really nice professional streamers and we're we'll go into this a little bit later on to describe exactly what's going on but pretty exciting so if you have haven't looked into it yet they have a quite a celebrity lineup going on it's kind of like the first opportunity to you know enter the after times you know we always talk about the before times but it seems like almost we're on the cusp <laughs> of the we're after the cusp, times baby. and this is like dipping our toe into it testing the waters let's get into that a little bit later what, what i want to do now is i, I want to bring us we, we've talked about taste i want to bring us into smells and that sounds weird too when I say it. I don't know why okay, my mind is so, so juvenile. This is hyper focused on smells. Well, like no, I do, I do, I do like smells. Um, I have like I have a crazy sense of smell, and I feel like smells, memories. Like when you think yes. of memory, and like a lot of memories relate to like smells or, you know, like foods. Or, I mean, your dad's jacket, like things like that, like. Things that yeah. you literally like it smells like it. Like, hold on. Smell it. That's perfect. Hold on to that thought because I just had a conversation with Michelle Pavez. She is chief nerd at Nerd Wax Candle Company. Chief nerd. She has a uh, a background in psychology actually, and she she works in social work and so forth. That's all kind of comes together. But this creative endeavor that she has started, which is uh the main idea here is candles that match your favorite fandoms. So at least Michelle's favorite fandom. So I caught up with her to kind of go through how and why she started making candles with these very 
kind of like unique scent profiles that complement your favorite phantoms. You can you can put on the the never-ending story and light the luck dragon candle, for example. So she kind of explained how this even all came together. It started off in the pandemic, actually. I wanted something to do that was creative and um, kind of felt like it would sort of take me temporarily away from the stress. I was pregnant um, with my second kid and uh, we had canceled all our vacations. And luckily, my partner and I were still working. Um, We were working in the mental health field. And so at the end of the day, I just wanted a, a, a way to decompress without actually having to leave. And so... I started out with buying a bunch of candles and then that got expensive. And I was like, you know, why don't I just make some stuff? I want to try making it. I'll learn it. It'll be like a really good way to refocus the energy and the stress. Um, and that's how it started. I um, was watching Neverending Story and I was revisiting one of my favorite scenes with Falcor, the luck dragon. And um, just sort of remembering the nostalgia of like, how comforting this creature was. The point at the, in the story where he came and rescued Atreyu, I think it's safe to say that I don't have to worry about spoilers at this point. The movie yeah. came out in the 80s. Sorry um, for the three decades old fans <laughs> yeah. who have missed out on that. Yes, go watch it, please, if you haven't. Um, and I just remember the, rec- the comfort and the relief in that scene. And I was o- also burning a candle at the time. And I was like, what if I like enhanced this moment or this nostalgia. Um, There's this scene in the movie where like Atreyu is being served this like brothy tea by like this alchemist and his wife. I'm not sure what the character's name is. And I remember like as a kid, just really wanting to kind of be in there and like, I want to taste that tea. I want to smell it. It looks like it's like the whole room was probably filled with that aroma. And so my imagination just got going. And I was like, what would Falcor smell like? So, so that brings up a couple of curiosities. There. Yeah. One is what exactly was the process for you learning how to do candles? And I say that because I went through that process myself. I have friends that mm-hmm. made it. And then last uh, holiday season leading up to it, I made candles as little gifts, put mine and my wife's faces on them to, to kind of look a little creepy. And then um, <laughs> I, I, I made a, a bay rum and a peppermint and I tried cedar and it just was the most foul smelling candle. Um, So, but I'm kind of curious once you get to the level you're doing, which is, I don't know the proper word for it. Scent profiles. Yeah. I'm going to say. Yeah. That's a whole other uh, layer. And I, that was difficult for me. How, how was that for you? Um, I, you know, I actually never really thought I had a very good sense of smell to begin with. I still am not really quite convinced of like that. I have a talent with it. Um, I, I don't think, know about uh, that. I see a lot of those candles <laughs> selling out, so you're doing yeah, something they're doing, right. You're doing well. So I think, I think what helps me is that like, I'm just really lean into like my psychology background is like scent is one of the strongest senses to pull up memories. Right. And so like, what is, I don't know if it's so much a scent, but just sort of like memories and associations that that either are tied to that character or that scent. It's a combination of of stuff, right? Like with with Patrick Stewart or whatever, like Earl Grey um, <laughs> tea is this thing. And so I didn't really have to do much imagination there. I don't have a, a Patrick Stewart or a, a Star Trek, but that's an example of like, okay, that's easy. I really don't have to do much thinking. That saves me time and energy, right? And then whereas something like Falcor, I was like, well, what is like an herb or a scent that, that I tie with, you know, wisdom or, and, you know, that has to do with like my grandmother, my grandmother's wise and, you know, family dinners and she would cook with sage and um, sage like figures like <laughs> Liam Neeson. So all these like different memories and associations yeah. that are matched with the scent. And then I'm like, well, Falcor is not just wise, but he's also really just optimistic and bright. So I was like, I need something that's kind of citrusy and bright, optimistic. I saw that lemongrass was a thing. And then sage was also an oil that that made sense. And I combined the two and I liked it. And I'm like, well, if I watch the movie and I, if I, and I smell this, like, will that actually enhance it somehow? And so I think that's the other end of my process where it's like, I have to do a lot more 
thinking and a lot more like making connections between memories and characters and i like that because you're you're, you have a movie is visual and it's sound Mm -hmm. um and you're adding the scent to it you Mm -hmm. know i think the only other thing you can do is just have like a jet fan blow your hair back while falco's flying through the air or something like (laughs) that um you know what you just hit a nail on the head because uh, one of my questions i really wanted to ask you was your process of developing a scent. And I was going to have you give me two examples. One of them was, uh, I'm picking from my own selfish fandoms here, Mm -hmm. um, the Luck Dragon. So we've already covered Luck Dragon. So uh, (laughs) I also want to give a shout out to a few others that I saw. I think I got Lilu from Fifth Element. There was, Mm -hmm. uh, I believe, an Avatar Last Bender in there. I I wanted to ask you about the Persephone and the Hades. Was that going straight to Greek mythology or is mm-hmm. there a fandom character that I'm missing here? There is, it's a reference to two types of, like one's one period in my life where I was obsessed with Greek mythology and obsessed with like, right. I just remember like going to scholastic book fairs and like picking out these Greek mythology books. Uh, I mean, that were probably not very appropriate for me at the time. Um, <laughs> I know Greek mythology can be really problematic. So anyways, with that aside, People like I already their children lot. and yeah you know ripping them back out yeah (laughs) (laughs) um yes uh we could probably go on for hours about that uh so i already had like a a nostalgic love for greek mythology and um rachel Smythe is uh made this web comic called lore olympus that i really love which is like a modern retelling of this like really quirky and funny and lovable courtship between Hades and Persephone um and so I wanted to combine sort of my love of the two and also spring was coming up so I was like you know what that actually might be really perfect um Persephone's goddess of spring um Hades is our everyone's favorite goth boy (laughs) so uh let's uh let's do something with it and I wanted to kind of make a candle duo um and that seemed like the perfect pair that was timely for spring um so I actually uh, I think so with with Greek mythology right like Persephone was given a pomegranate by Hades, which then somehow, strangely enough, how Greek mythology works means that now Persephone is tied to Hades in marriage. I guess never give anyone a pomegranate. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll probably make a scent that has to do with the pomegranate. What I love about you telling that is that it's not just kind of like a fun candle. You get a little bit of an education just through smelling that. I mean, that's pretty mm-hmm. great. Um, before we get too far away from it, the other the other example that I wanted to ask you about, I don't know if you can take me through the Wolvey candle mm-hmm. that you do. Um, I read Scotch in yeah. and I st- immediately I was like, I want that candle. So but can yeah. you can you bring me through <laughs> the rest of it? How how exactly does that one develop? Yeah, I I love the X-Men. It's probably my top fandom. Um growing up, even now, I'm I think within the last couple of years or so, especially with the pandemic, I've gotten more into like the most recent like reboot of the fandom. But with Wolvie, like I that started out with me just sort of thinking about, okay, like who are my favorite X-Men characters? Like what would Storm smell like? What would Rogue smell like? Okay, she's Southern. She's from Mississippi. Like, would that be like um, some sort of Southern dish or a pie? I have no idea. I'm not from Mississippi, but you know, <laughs> I'm from the Northwest. I'm like, you know, what, like how, what would they smell like? What's the part of their character arc? What wouldn't be, I, w- I also wanted to avoid stereotypes too, right? Like mm-hmm. what are the sets coming up because of like, you know, memory, or is there some sort of like implicit bias at play that I want to take note of before I actually like come up with a formula with Wolvie, um, it was interesting. Like I knew like my perception of him through like X-Men, the animated series and like reading his bio on trading cards growing up was like, okay, he's a pretty spicy character. He's really feisty. He's also super loyal. That's really comforting in a way that he's super loyal to a team, even though he's really just kind of honorary. So I tried to think of like, what does he love to drink? And he loves to drink alcohol. He also drinks whiskey. So I'm like, okay, that's a good place to start. And then what scent would also sort of speak to the spice also just like he's a pretty dangerous character right with the with a lot of speckled history i if you know if i to say the least and so what would what would be like a weird mix of like something spicy but then also oddly comforting which you know the whiskey can be right so i mixed those two together and um i loved the smell and Wolvie's now actually my favorite character um oh wow not character sorry candle he's <laughs> 
he's uh, a great handle. <laughs> so I think after I had um, gone through a few of those uh, test trials, well, so usually what I'll do is when I think of a scent, like I'll think about different proportions. So I'm like, okay, like what would it smell like? It was most mostly whiskey over peppercorn or what about peppercorn or, or over whiskey. So I would like put a bunch of Q-tips like with the fragrance oil in the jars and just sort of let them sit for a while and marinate and then smell them and be like, which one actually gives me like the vibe. <laughs> and then I'll also ask other fans too. So I didn't want to get too far away from this because I, and I'm not sure if, if you want me to ask this because it's almost like you gave yourself a deadline for this one. Um, <laughs> Cause on your website, it says uh, in October, Philippine X folklore. I read mm -hmm. folklore. And yeah. immediately just, that's like the keyword for me. I love folklore. We already talked about Greek mythology and stuff like yeah. that. I really like to hear ab about that. If, if you're open to talking about it already, I don't know if this is too soon or not, but what, what, what exactly do you have in mind for that? Yeah, I'm happy to talk about it. Um, I, I thought about this candle when I was talking to my mom and my mom immigrated to um, the U S from the Philippines when she was pregnant with me. So, um, we are very close um, and she loves, she loves talking about folklore and also horror movies, her thing. So, I mean, she passed <laughs> down to me, like I probably shouldn't have watched George Romero and zombie movies as young as I did, but my mom loved them. And she was like, cool. My kid watches them like awesome. I get to just watch this with my kid. Um, and you know, the zombie movie obsession started from there um, and then all things horror. And so, Sometimes growing up, my mom would tell me these scary stories that were based in the Philippines. And, you know, the Philippines, big place, lots of islands, lots of different uh, uh, folks who will have different retellings of what these characters are. But um, I can share one of the characters is called an Aswang, which is a Filipino vampire. And in some stories, they're shapeshifters that are also vampiric. And in um, other tellings, they are specifically vampires that prey on pregnant women. Like they drink the blood or the amniotic fluid or something that's really gross with the baby. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I think my either my grandmother or my mother told me this, but like, that's why you keep your windows closed at certain times, or you have to have some sort of item or specific food item I'm, I don't remember for sure around so that you could um deter the aswang from from feeding on you so and this candle is going to <laughs> so now I don't know how to perceive this candle that? is this going to ward off the aswang or is this going to that would actually be nice huh I okay. feel like I could <laughs> <laughs> prey upon like uh you know Filipino, Filipino's fears of, of the Aswan by having an Aswan candle. That would be really full of empty <laughs> promises, though. You could just have a uh, mom line. Just call it the mom line. And it's going to be like, there's the Dawn of the Dead candle. Yeah. Here's, here's, here's the Aswan candle. It smells <laughs> like viscera. How, how, oh, no. How old were you when they told you this story? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, probably really young. Um, okay. There's always this joke among... Filipino kids that um, Filipino parents, like especially Filipino immigrant parents, like would just be like, I don't really want to like spend all this time telling them to not, you know, <laughs> go to a stranger's house. I'm just going to be like, hey, like, don't go over there. There's a monster in that alley. Right. Like, don't go. And we're like, oh, my God, really? There's a monster in the alley. We won't go then. And it was just like, they're like, oh, that works. I mean, that's the classic basis <laughs> of all folk folklore, right? Is develop some sort yeah. of narrative that will really drive it into. It's kind of, it makes yeah. me think of like Arrested Development where they would always, he'd have his one arm friend come and he'd be like, and that's why and you that's always why exactly. leave a note. <laughs> you know? It reminds me of that as well, too. Yeah. Like, you know, don't go there. There's, there's a ghost there. Right. You know, you, um, you add all this up, it seems like you had, uh, one, a pretty great childhood. Uh, two, it, it makes me a little curious. When you're doing these candles, you add this up, and this is just your creativity. But I am still a little curious, why did you lean into the fandom? Why did you go for fandom smells? I think I, I leaned into it specifically because I think that's just kind of what I surrounded myself with during the pandemic, right? Like after the kids would go to bed, I'm like, I'm going to watch anime and just sort of check out or I'm going to, you know, right. 
do something that's really comforting. And, and usually the fandoms give me a lot of comfort um, and they, they distract me pretty effectively. Um, I feel like my brain is usually really hard to turn off. And so um, what seems to sort of help me switch gears is like, okay, I'm going to like read an X-Men comic or I'm going to rewatch the never ending story. Um, and then, you know, as I would like light a candle, it would, I would notice that it sort of helped my stress, helped me sort of sink in more into the fandom or just, at least experience more relaxation and wonder, right? Um, and so when I was, yeah, like when I'd be watching movies or when I would like be um, reading, I'm like, what would this smell like? I just kind of got sort of obsessed with the idea of like, what would this smell like, right? Because um, I'd been buying tons of candles at the time. Um, and I, I don't, you know, I know I'm not the only fandom-based candle maker out there. Um, mm -hmm. So definitely not an original idea, um, but what I find that's been really helpful with not making it, you know, just uh, being separate from all the other fandom candle makers is like, I'm really just wanting to pull in my culture. I really want to pull in um, what are my specific memories and um, around the fandom. It's, I know it's purely subjective and so hoping that's that's different enough i guess well that's what's fascinating i think about it because there's there's always that debate between the uh artist and the perceiver right the mm -hmm. artist might have one thing in mind but the perceiver's like but i perceive it as this one that's what it means to me you right. can't take that away from me so there's always like that tug of war right so yeah right. wolverine to you could smell like scotch or something but then but then somebody else is going to come along and be like no nah, it's bourbon and then right. right and so that's what's fascinating so that you're almost you're not just getting a perception of perhaps even the character you're getting how somebody else you're getting a look around the corner that you haven't been able to look around and how somebody else might have received it It's it's interesting because I I don't associate those things. You know what I mean? Like I never would have thought to make a candle that smells like Batman. Well, think about it. Which you watch like, Batman, right? You read Batman. You hear I Batman. I feel like you would. But smell now like you can throw another sweat. sensation into it. I should say this: you can find everything that she does on NerdWaxCandle.com. It's going to take you to uh, NerdWax's Etsy site, and if you you should probably follow the Instagram page if. Nerd Wax ends up going to a farmer's market, which is a really good place to go because then you can get it right it away should. and she won't she be should. sold out. So that's the thing is if you see the farmer's market, follow her on Instagram. If she's going to be there, pick up a candle or so, whether it's Wolverine or Airbender, whatever your fandom well, is, she will have it. All of that is just to say welcome to the Geekonomy, Michelle. And uh, I also want to give a shout out to Rosen, who actually pointed out Nerd Wax Candle Company to me uh, say hey you need to check out this instagram and i got really excited after that so thank you rosen i always love stories that come from listeners and supporters of northwest nerd so if there is something out there that you think i should be covering or someone i should be putting a spotlight on let me know i am listening um one of the reasons while we've kind of wrangled nessa into this and the reason that i kind of targeted you egypt for this a little bit is because i we've we've done taste and we've done scent and actually, now I'm just bringing this back to taste a little bit, right? You both have bartending experience. Um, uh, I'm also a level one sommelier. I just don't want to throw that out there. But okay, <gasps> yes. What's that wine? Uh, she's uh, what's it called? Uh, it's so as it's a it's a beer it's a beer sommelier. So as oh. wine goes, there's a sommelier and there's different levels of sommelier. So as far as beer oh goes, God. there's like Cicerone. So the Cicerone for beer is the equivalent to a sommelier for wine. Huh. Yeah, we're so both, I'm at the very bottom. Uh, me too. As far as but wine. I'm official. I'm the wine one. She's the beer one. But we're both like cert. Well, this is perfect. I'm gonna tap your talents. Okay, we are going to. Go through a journey. Ready? Ready? I like those words. You ready? We're going to find the ideal drink for our favorite characters from fandom and Ooh. Can we so name like. them as well? You yes. can name them if you want. So I already, I mean, I've already made this list. You can throw some characters at me, but I've already kind of made a list and I've already had time to think about it. You guys are coming into this fresh, right? This Completely. is fresh. No, no, no. For you. I got, we right. got this. So this is, go. the, this is the idea. This is the theme. Are these characters just walk into a bar? You're the bartender. You know them. What are they going to drink? All right. The first okay. one, I'm doing this a little bit easy, kind of ease everybody into. Batman slash Bruce Wayne. 
I want you want you want this one. Do you want me to throw out mine right, uh, real quick, and you can kind so, of take so from you do yours. I have an idea. Okay. I have an idea for mine. So here's <clears throat> this is this is where I'm thinking about this. I don't think Bruce Wayne and Batman actually drinks a lot of alcohol. I think he's always at that's the where ready. I was. I was thinking that was my thing. It was a mocktail. But if we had to, okay, so a mocktail. But if we had to, we really had to. I think Bruce Wayne is always at like a champagne style event. I think he is always at an event mm-hmm. where they have those little glasses that Martini. you have to hold by the stem and you have to have like, yeah, somebody's coming around with them on a thing and he is pulling them off and, and drinking them. So I feel like champagne or some kind of fancy imported wine is somewhere within the realm of Bruce Wayne, but he might not even be drinking it. See, I don't, I don't see that personally. Wait, I see like, <clears throat> I see something like a little, like more like chewy, something that is more like has more depth to it. Um, I see like a whiskey, bourbon, scotch. I see, uh, really? add a little bit of like. Well, if you think about it, like I actually back your idea. Because add a little bit of juice to it, so like a pomegranate, so a pomegranate, like a pomegranate, so a Manhattan. He has all these other CEOs so at his party. But with about what he'd be drinking and serving to everyone. So a pomegranate whiskey cocktail of some kind. Yeah, so I like that. Like a a Manhattan. Like Amen, really, but like with really, but like, with pomegranate a little bit more instead of orange more because of a, you do an orange. So, I can see that. I can see that. Egypt. What, what would you say? No, honestly, that's that's. I was going down more of the champagne with like a splash of chambord in it. Okay. To all of his guests, like you know, more of a fancy. Like I don't know. I was thinking about. I him. see Batman sitting in his Batman cave. He doesn't with drink. Alfred serving that. No, he doesn't is drink. What a, Batman doesn't drink at all. Like he literally has, it's it's been. Well, I think someone could make the argument that he has drank or something. I don't know. No, but champagne would be more of his drink. So that's why I say champagne with a splash of Chambord or something like that. Okay. Of the two, you know, like billionaire superheroes with no powers, him and Tony Stark. Tony Stark is an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. Batman literally disguises himself with like um, Sam Pellegrino at parties. Because he doesn't drink. Well, why don't we do Tony Stark? I didn't have him on the list, but let's. What, what would Tony Stark be drinking? Vodka. Vodka? Dude, no. Why do you say I vodka? Straight up vodka I see, martinis. I just see. straight vodka. Like he does not have any mixers. Like that man has straight martinis, but then he has his like literally his like Iron Man suits coming to drop him off more vodka. Like, like why do you guys? <laughs> why do you guys see vodka? That's very interesting. I don't know. Tony Stark and vodka just makes sense. I feel it. I, don't I feel know. like he's a Tito's kind of guy. Is there a person or who like, drinks vodka? Like, is there a personality profile that you feel is is the it's vodka? It's a martini because usually martinis are just vodka or gin, Shake, or gin, gin. just shaking on ice and, and dry vermouth and poured cold. If I drink a martini, I like it my, I dirty. like it dirty. It I, needs, I ask for filthy. Actually. I want you to yeah, it has yeah. to be filthy, filthy, filthy. Gross. I want Filthy. Disgusting. It's like a Christina Aguilera song. It is just exactly dirty. like I want. I want my. <laughs> I want my. <laughs> I feel like you need to wear a condom while you hand me my drink. Yeah, like, I want. Okay. I want you to you roll around in the mud first before you hand me this. <laughs> I'm moving us away from the dirty. I am bringing us. I'm. I'm, I'm bringing us faster, higher. Dirty. I'm bringing us to a faster and higher level. Sorry, Captain Marvel. My my wife is just as Captain bad as me. Like, I, Captain I, Marvel. I see is a beer. Okay. Mar- Wait, which Captain Mar- him- Wait, which one? Carol Danvers. Um, Bloody Mary. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, Nessa, I'm going back to you here in a second. Egypt, why do you say Bloody Mary? She seems like a basic white chick. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I'm going to let you know She's like, can I get pancakes and a Bloody Mary? <laughs> like, I don't see that. Bloody Mary. I'm going Bloody Mary. I don't see any of that. I, I also said beer, but I, I feel I like it's a very generic... What? What, Budweiser, what kind of beer, so Budweiser, what, Miller, basically Budweiser, yeah, whatever major brand is sold at the PX. All right, that's what she's not drinking. Brie Lar- not Brie Larson, but like the comic book version. Her and Logan drank a lot together. Okay, what do they drink? Beer. It's okay. funny you said that, but like, I but I see that I see it as a very like, like military Logan, barbecue. Logan, you just like have like waters. a Miller High Life or something, dude. That's like what Logan drinks. It's like I feel beer. like they're a little more classy than that, though. Like no, I see they're military. They're military. Like think... we'll see. That's why I need like some sort of background. But like honestly, like I see no. some sort of like lager. Yeah, like okay. lager, like beer that they drink. Maybe a seventeen pale of ale. them. They want to drink like twenty seven of them. Okay, so we have 
Bloody Miller. Mary, we have Fancy Lager, and then I said something like a Miller High Life generic brand from the PX. That I is, think you're closer. That I, think is, you're, I think you're closer. I didn't, well, I didn't say Fancy Lager. I said Lager, but which lager. is the equivalent of uh, Miller High Life. Okay, let's. It let's, is a light lager. Okay. Let's uh, Miller High Life is great in my opinion, even though I don't drink beer. So champagne Venom, beers. Venom on, just takes shots of Jaeger. Moving on to the next <laughs> character, I'm very curious about because I have a feeling I'll make people <clears throat> mad with this one. Ooh, bring it. Superman slash Clark Kent. Ice water. No sweet tea, but only from Kansas. <laughs> that man will not drink like it's that's super like getting crazy your... with it even if you drink it doesn't do anything if, but if, if you're gonna add anything to it if, i would say deep eddie sweet tea with a sweet tea what or deep def Eddie's define that for, for those like me who are ignorant no, no. what what exactly deep is Eddie. that yep, yep no so deep eddie's has a brand it's almost the essentially the same as like um long island mix so it's not like it's not like shots of alcohol it's not pure it's alcohol. a long island without the mixture. it's it, it's a concoction that kind of gets you buzzed. He would drink something light that doesn't affect him. Right. Kind of going off what you're saying here is what I was thinking. This is where I'm going to make a lot of people upset. Bring it. Su Superman, it. obviously. Oh, yeah, I don't drink. There's, there's comic books where he apparently he was drinking beer and they changed it to soda pop and uh, he was drinking beer with his well, dad or something like that. Well, there or was he had champagne. 1970s movie where he was sitting there taking shots. It was in the 80s. I believe it was Superman 4. It was terrible with, yes. with Christopher Reeves. And he was, and he couldn't get he was drunk. drinking Johnny Walker, which is about as bad as that movie was. So, oh, what color, though? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. It's all crap. Anyway, it was all bad. That <laughs> was sorry. the worst scene ever in Superman. Like I was Johnny, like, he's sitting in a Superman suit, sitting in a bar taking shots. Yeah, it's pretty. And he's like, I'm not even getting drunk. It's like, pretty hilarious. Yeah, point. and then he started flicking the uh, the nuts like bullets. Anyway, so okay, so here's my, here's my thing. I think Superman and Clark Kent have varying personalities, right? And so I think both of them would have something in a cask. Superman is probably going to go for wines. Because that almost seems like wine is a little bit more highbrow pure. Clark would go. Clark. Back. Clark would go for wine. I think. Superman would go for the wine because he is a symbol and he has a little bit of kind of like the good guy example. I think like wine, you know, Jesus made wine. There's there's a little bit of that kind of like purity you can kind of throw on it type thing. Um, well, he does get compared to a Jesus type character. Yeah, and I hate that because he's really okay. Moses. But anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. He's made by two yeah, Jewish creators about was, a baby who was, was sent from was his people to be raised by somebody deep. else. So anyway, I dig it. <laughs> Clark, Clark. This is Damn. the thing. This is the thing that I, I've always been annoyed with Superman. I'm a huge Superman fan. They never focus as much on Clark as a journalist, right? They just say he's a really great writer. He's a really fast typewriter. But Clark is probably hanging work. out with journalists. And I'm going to tell you right now, they're uh, maybe not so much today because everybody's uptight, but back in the day, well, there are journalists that, that are going to have whiskey in their desk, okay? They're going to go but to the journalist bar and they're going to drink beer and they're going to drink whiskey. And so if I was Clark, if I was Superman... To where alcohol doesn't really affect me like it does humans. You'd be a whiskey. You'd be a whiskey. I think he's gonna do it because whiskey offers certain flavor profiles that perhaps most humans can't even pick up on, but is gonna be interesting to Clark because he can taste. He'd be a bourbon scotch guy. He would almost. probably be a bourbon scotch guy, just like just Superman would be perceive. a wine person because he can perceive all these complex flavor profiles that are coming from different woods and regions. But as a journalist. And and, and networking and doing his thing where he's sitting right. there with other guys. He the, all the guys are probably drinking scotch, bourbon. Right, like they're getting Perry drunk, White. but he would not Perry be getting White. drunk. Right, Pendleton. Pendleton. Pendleton whiskey is is kind of a confusing one because it's supposedly a Canadian whiskey because they distill the spirit it's in not. Canada, but they process it in Oregon. I'm gonna move us along to another character. I don't know if you guys are actually into this one though. I'm assuming you guys have watched Indiana Jones. Yeah. Yes. What would Indiana Jones, what would that drink be? Gin. Gin. Interesting. Dirty gin. Gin. With um. Cucumber. No, I don't see Lavender? a dirty gin. Or oh, some Saint Germain. Saint I see. Germain. I see. Berry. I see gin. Some dark berry. Gin. Saint gin and Germain. Dark blackberry. Yep. Saint Germain's blackberry and strain mar through. Martini. So Martini. Strain through. There's no seeds. Ooh. 
Blackberry, Blackberry gin. gin martini. <laughs> Blackberry oh. gin martini. I went totally a different direction. So Indiana Jones, to me, I went the whole professor route. Like he's a he's a professor, and in my mind, professors of those days probably had like scotch in their drawers, and they yeah, would. For sure, but like I think dusty and musky. And I always think blackberry and like berry, like for like yeah. dark. No, darkness. I see. That, I see that with him when he's actually like out with his wit. But when he's wearing his tweed, I see him with. I hate to say this, I see him with like Johnny Walker, which is a disgusting drink to me. But like. I see him I with Johnny Walker. Honestly, okay, so what, what I would actually serve to him would be a Tanala Añejo tequila on the rocks, which, t- like, the tequila is, like, super smoky, so it's really similar to a scotch. <clears throat> it has, like, a lot of, like, the same flavor profiles okay. as a scotch. However, it is a tequila. And I, I can feel see like if I was the bartender, that would be just... On the rocks. Luke Cage. Speaking of bartenders, Luke Cage. Luke Cage. Well, Egypt has been called Luke Cage. I got <laughs> several times actually. Bro, so my number one hood homie, like he's like my big brother. He's like, if you were a superhero, because he watched Luke Cage, and then he was like, he's like, you're whack, just like Luke Cage. And he's like, Your wife's Jessica you Jones. <laughs> so I didn't I didn't ask Jessica Jones because like, so, older brother. So what would you, like, serve? So what would you serve? Probably sweet tea. I would give him sweet tea <clears throat> with like a shot of vodka in it. Okay. Mm, I do whiskey. No, he likes coffee. That's what I was gonna I would, say. I would, give oh. him, I would give him a shot of Kahlua in coffee. Okay. Okay, so my coffee drink, my bartender coffee drink, actually. Kahlua, Kahlua and it coffee. Is, <clears throat> it That's is, why I give Luke Cage every time. Kahlua, Godiva, Frangelico, whiskey, and espresso. And just give the bartender your keys. No, that's what, that's what you do to get amped up. That's that's your morning drink. That's your, that's your breakfast. <laughs> like, you, that's your you morning drink. Over, okay. If that's your morning anything. drink, that's your I just got fired today drink. Okay. So I said coffee too. And, and, I, and I, think I, I felt guilty saying this because it's almost like coffee is that ongoing joke in Luke Cage because it really means sex. Oh, right. I said Spanish coffee just because I feel like, I don't know, there's something about just kind of like the... The, the sweetness, the sugar, with the fire, the hotness. Within, it's powerful. A Spanish coffee. So there's a Spanish coffee and there's a Moroccan coffee, and they're similar in certain ways. And I felt like one was rum and one was like Bacardi 151 or something. But like, isn't it yeah. rum because they have to set it on fire? Uh, You're not allowed to set things on fire anymore. It's frowned upon. Apparently. Well, when you guys start up a speakeasy, you can set everything on fire. When I think of a Spanish coffee, I think of something kind of strong. It's a strong drink. It's powerful. At least when I've drank it, it has has done me under. So yeah, it's rum. So anyway, yeah. So I think of it like a Spanish coffee, but I don't even, I don't even know if that's something he would actually drink. I just think of like, for some reason that just came to my mind because in that show, coffee is a thing. I want to throw one at you. What would you think Lou Frigno would be as a drink? Okay, wait a minute. Lou Frigno as a person or Lou Frigno as the Hulk? His Hulk. entity. His entity. As him as a person. Mind you, he's 69 years old. <laughs> I see Lou Frigno as being... I see Lou Frigno as being a beer guy, but it's not... He it kind of almost like, like what Nessa beer? was saying earlier. He's not going to get like a, like a beer. yeah, but he's going to go out to the microbrewery. He's going to go out and say, oh, this is a really great such and such and such beer that this one brewery made that you can't get anywhere else. Like he's going to find that beer that has a very unique character to it. And he's going to talk to his friends about it. That's what I see Lou Fregno being because it's because he seems like, like a very Lou social. What? Ouch. I don't mean to be a dick, but like he's too old. Like, I'm sorry, but like, no, I'm sorry, no. but like, I'm 32 no. and I have very few friends. Like, that has nothing to do with your age, Egypt. <laughs> That's just your personality. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what? Speaking to somebody who actually doesn't have, have any friends, part, like, no, since so, speaking to somebody who actually doesn't have any friends, I feel very bad after saying that. But Lou Ferrigno, I do believe, yeah, he would be kind of like a brewery type beer person. Let me throw one more at you. <laughs> this is just super I, happy. No, I, got I see. No, I see him. I see him as like a Belgian, <clears throat> like a Belgian beer. Okay. Let me let me throw one last one at you. 
I don't know if this is going to be in your wheelhouse at all. It's a little obscure to some folks. Spike from Cowboy Bebop. Ramen. I know that's super. He just drinks like, ramen broth. <laughs> what? Like no, like teriyaki, like a teriyaki. Yeah, he has like a teriyaki smoky flavor to me. Like if I had to put together, how would that be, be a like drink? A, it'd be like um, a Manhattan sake bomb or a sake a sake bomb sake bomb. Okay, like a smoky sake bomb. I have I a sake re- actually. Okay. No, there's there's a sake that's super smoky that's actually kind of brown. It's unfiltered. It's like a whiskey. It's like a whiskey. There's a uh, Woodenville one. There's a Woodenville whiskey that's a sake. It's a whiskey sake thing. So, yeah, no, I have to look it up because I can't remember the name right now. All right, so it's an unfiltered sake. So, like, when you pour it out, it's, like, milky white. Normally, like, when you do sake, it's okay. been, you know, it's, like, clear. So this one's unfiltered. Um, I can't even pronounce it. Murat Miri Nigari Miri You know, just send me the link and I will put it in the show notes. Miragi Nigiri? I only could see it a little bit. Miragi Nigori. Something like that, yeah. Genshu. Genshu. Nigori. Murai Nigori Genshu Saki. I'm reading it off her phone over Zoom, everybody at home. And so. backwards. Nigori Genshusaki. That's what it is. <laughs> why are you why is this white dude better <laughs> Japanese than you? He said, like, if, I'm just if, like if my if my if if my if my reading of that was just a stereotype. <laughs> like if every he, Japanese thing that I read was just like a like a feudal era samurai, then I would feel very, very bad. Um So I found out that I'm half black, half white. And I can say anything that's offensive. super offensive and not get in trouble from anyone. So I, I'm using this to my like full extent. Well, okay. I'm a Japanese white person married to a black guy who has biracial babies. Like, I love being called racist. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I went the in total opposite direction that you guys went. Okay. <laughs> I love you guys. You Egypt is having too much this. fun with this. So I love I love our interviews. I I went totally opposite. I know that there's a I, I I haven't seen the show in a while. I know there is some drink that they have on the show that involves like gin. It's like it's like that hangover drink where you have like gin and like a raw egg or something like that. Um, you should never add in a raw egg. If you add in a raw egg, you're wrong. It is a cartoon. It is an anime, Egypt. So I'm sure I don't know, oh. but. A lot of the places they go to seem kind of like sunny, westerny type theme places. So I took that gin theme in my head that just I couldn't shake, and I kind of just went gin and tonic straight to that. Because I figure you're going to a town, it's hot out, you're bounty hunting, get a gin and tonic. Maybe you put an egg in it, I don't know. You shouldn't put an egg in any alcohol. Don't do raw eggs, it's... Salmonella, it's bad for you. I'm going to use the power of editing and I'm just going to look it up on the internet and I'll just kind of cut to it later. Hold on a second. (laughs) (laughs) The power of editing. Yes, internet. Full send. So according to the Cowboy Bebop Wiki, there is a drink they have on the show called a Prairie Oyster. It is a drink made with gin, raw egg yolk, hot sauce, and pepper. And it is supposed to be their cure for hangovers. So I, for whatever, when I saw that on the show, the gin stuck with me, and that's where I'm at. We talked about Jessica Jones earlier, and I, mm-hmm. I said that I wasn't going to bring her up because I feel like it's too obvious. She's always drinking a bottle of like whiskey. It seems right. But you got to choose the brands. Okay, Pendleton, Pendleton, Irish whiskey. So you're just saying an Irish whiskey. You're saying no, Pendleton. 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 Egypt is saying pe- okay, so you're both saying Pendleton. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Canadian. I could see a Canadian whiskey. I could see her doing essentially the cheap whiskeys. So I am going to R and R. R and R. I can see R and R. I can see that. Jim Beam or okay. Reb or Rebel Yell. Just because Jim of the Beam. price point, <laughs> I don't see her going. I want to drink Rebel Yell, which is actually a good bourbon, but because of the price point, she's going to no. be like, yeah. Yeah, she's she's broke. She yeah. does a scotch whiskey, single malt. Are you looking it up? I no, am. Okay, so she does a scotch. Oh, she does a scotch whiskey, single malt. I don't buy that she's doing single malt. That she's doing scotch. She's drinking Cuddy Sark. 
And I, Egypt, <laughs> sorry, Egypt just spit food everywhere, apparently. <laughs> like, I want to make two points. I want to make two points. I am ashamed that I brought up Jim Beam because I have not forgiven Jim Beam ever since Kid Rock. Two, Cuddy Sark, I actually like. It's so cheap, but for some reason, something about it, I actually like it. I will sip on Cuddy Sark, and I think I'm the only person I know who can who will say that. So, I'm gonna pull us away from the drinks now. I'm gonna take us out of the senses. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring us down to Puyallup, where SummerCon's gonna be here in about a week or so. We kind of just went through it pretty quick earlier. SummerCon. You've put together a team of featured media streamers. We are among this team. We are going to be present there with three rooms dedicated just to streaming content. Um, what else? What am I leaving out here? What What else is going on down there at well, SummerCon? Essentially, what we're doing is um, we're grabbing all of our friends, you, myself, uh, Gaming with Jules, Gaming with Dad. We're grabbing Sully. We're grabbing Yoko from... You know, the PR from um, Funko. We're grabbing Brandon Coley, a.k.a. Nat Delos from HTC and Vibe. We're grabbing all kinds of different content creators. We're all different in so many different ways. And, and I love it because we're taking a bunch of content creators that are doing something that we've never done before. And I don't think any other con has ever done before. We're making a streaming room, making multiple streaming rooms. We're making content for everyone where not only can you just come and see us create content, but you can also come and create content with us. Have you ever wanted to like sit down and like stream with somebody you don't know how to stream? You don't have the equipment to stream. How cool would it be for you to sit down and like stream with one of your favorite streamers for a game of like Fortnite or like Apex or whatever? You can. You can come down and hang out with us. And honestly, what it is, is it's showing other people what it's like to create content. Um, Our middle room is for content creation collaboration. So Sully and, you know, Northwest Nerd might do a collaboration. You don't know. Like Yoko and Northwest Nerd might do a collaboration. You don't know. Think about what you just said there right there. Like I said earlier, I'm the one podcaster in a a group of streamers. I am probably going on Facebook Live at some point, and I'm going to show everybody why I work in an audio medium. So think about that. (laughs) You you could see a train wreck with Dyer Oxley as the conductor. You know, Dude, at, at summertime, happen, especially if the comic, uh, the comic dads are there, like there's, yeah. there's most likely going to be a train wreck. But but in all seriousness, <laughs> th- this is going to be live right? streaming, live media all happening on every day of SummerCon. They have a pretty awesome guest lineup that, you know, the pandemic hit conventions basically disappeared. And for SummerCon to come back pretty early on, you know, like I said, this is us dipping our toe into it's the to the after times. I like it. Katie Sackoff, alone, right there. Katie Sackoff from Mandalorian, Battlestar Galactica. She's on The Flash. Michael Coulter, Luke Cage. We brought up Luke Cage earlier. Luke, uh, He's going to be there. Emmy Swallow, who is in The Mandalorian as well. Kate Flannery for all my Office fans out there. Oh, my God. I'm hyped for her. We mentioned Lou yeah. Ferrigno, who Egypt is actually going to be hosting a panel for. Uh, Judith Hogue. April O'Neil. The original April O'Neil, guys. Right. I am just listing them off there. I know I'm forgetting a bunch, but there's there's also a bunch of comic creators lined up, like Jim Starlin, uh, Dan Jurgens for all my Superman Timothy fans Zahn. here. Uh, what was that, Egypt? Timothy Zahn. Timothy Zahn for all you Star Wars fans out there. Uh, it, it is. I, I'm leaving a lot on the ground that I feel like uh, I I shouldn't be yeah, Joseph Rubenstein. There's a lot he got there. So like you know, obviously we're not saying just go out willy nilly. Go to a convention and be safe. And honestly, if there was a place to do it safely, uh, the Puyallup Fair, which is half outdoors anyway, I believe the pa- all the panels are going to be outdoors. It yeah. is basically setting you up pretty nicely. So let's let's uh, let's all have this journey together. We're going to be there and kind of see if we can actually pull this off. That would be pretty nice. Having said all that. I'm going to bring us out of the show here, and I'm going to mention that Northwest Nerds theme music is by The Hoot Hoots. I want to give a special thank you to Friday Elliott, who sat down and chatted with me a while ago and led to that award-winning story that we featured 
or at least we featured a segment from in this episode. I'd also like to thank Michelle Pavez, who is making wonderfully scented candles based on your favorite fandom. And of course, Nessa and Egypt, who basically let's just let's just admit it here, brought brought their A game and entertainment for this episode. Otherwise it'd be me talking on the mic and everybody'd be asleep. So thank you guys for actually spicing up this this episode here. It was a lot of fun. While I'm also grabbing your attention here, I also want to throw out there that recently I did throw a feedback form out there on Northwest Nerds Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'll probably throw it out there one more time. Uh, Use it. I've got some interesting thoughts and comments already uh, coming at me. One of them saying that I should not stream, I should focus on audio, and another person saying something the opposite. So maybe folks can break the tie there. What do you think we should be doing? Are there stories that we should be covering? Are there people that we should be profiling? Are there y- angles that we should be looking at? Let me know. I do like listening. I do like covering the geek economy and putting a spotlight on it. You never know. It could be on the next episode of Northwest Nerd. Until then... This is Dyer Oxley with Northwest Nerd.